Uh, good Saturday morning, everyone. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Wiz, how are you today on this uh, chilly Saturday? Yeah, doing uh, doing well. Forecast for the East Coast is going to start looking uh, much better as uh, early as uh, you know a few days from now. It's gonna. We were just talking about that. It's gonna get sixty. You saw a forecast where it's going to be actually in the sixties. That's uh, going to look a lot different than the twenties uh, we've been feeling here every night. Yeah, it's been chilly. The wind's been tough, uh, but it is what it is. Uh, we're getting. You know, ready for these kind of free agent moves. They're they're upon us. I think the date is the 13th or 14th of March, uh, if I'm not mistaken, where the free agency period will open in the NFL. And Wiz and I, I, think, I think it's kind of like the 18th. Okay. a little bit towards towards the end of the month. Yep. And uh, you know, Wiz and I, we wanted to keep this going in terms of talking about different things that, that we think are topical and important. And you know, we've kind of alluded to the running back position a little bit uh, when we covered the the, the best uh, undrafted free, uh, sorry, uh, restricted free agents. We talked a little bit about it, and 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 in these conversations, you know, a couple of things has kind of come out. And you know, I've I've really thought long and hard about this for a few seasons. Uh, you know, Wiz has made a couple of great points on 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 the second year, and I, I think we can include some of these third year running backs. Where, you know, th- there's a lot to talk about uh, about at, at the running back position. I think a lot of strategy that needs to be employed. You know, much like an NFL GM, uh, which you know we know there's been some great examples recently where big contracts have been extended to the Todd Gurleys and the Le'Veon Bells of the world, and those contracts have not been lived up to in any way, shape, or form in terms of performance. And I think when it comes to fantasy football, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of thinking that needs to go into your strategy as a manager uh, or as a team owner and how you want to kind of go about it. And 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 and, I, and I'm with Wiz in terms of, especially when you think about this past season where at running back. You had no preseason, no rookie workouts. So these guys were behind the eight ball. And, and Wiz and I were on this very early. We started to talk about a turn in this running back usage. And you really saw, uh, you know, the domination in the latter half of the year that some of these rookie running backs started to uh, started to really wreak havoc on the league. So, you know, why don't we start there, Wiz, in terms of strategy. And, 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 and my strategy is not that I don't like those guys. But having thought about some of what's transpired over the last couple of years, and particularly last season, where a lot of these top names just did not, you know, basically live up to any kind of draft, or but whether it be an auction or a snake draft, into their expectations, players get injured much more frequently. The running backs take so much more punishing. It's not the days of Earl Campbell where guys are getting thirty to thirty-five touches a game. It's a different ball game when it comes to running backs. Yeah, I think you had. Um... You know, I think your way of thinking is ahead has been ahead of the curve, quite frankly. Uh, I think the fantasy football community is kind of catching up to that way of thinking of, you know, just I'm not going to have my season be made or broken by, you know, these these elite running backs. And you've been saying that and doing that uh, for a few years now. Now, yeah, there'll be the occasional guy that'll come in there or a situation that, you know, may, you may change your thinking about a player here or there, but overall the philosophy, I think you've been right about uh, with, with the running backs. Now me personally, I've never gone crazy or had a running back. Uh, one of these guys that, you know, I had to get, but you know, if you just look at what's taking place here. Um, yeah. I just, I, I don't, especially in an auction draft where you see these, 
you know, uh, Alvin Kamara's and Saquon Barkley's and Ezekiel Elliott's and McCaffrey's and so on, you know, the same five, seven guys just go for so much money. And then some of these other running backs um, really get undervalued. And uh, that's the way I think you have a successful uh, strategy when it, when it comes to the running backs. I mean, I'm just, you know, looking at what took place last year and it just seems like some of these coaches, either by their hand was forced or they, there was injuries to the guys that were in the backfield with them. But if you just look at some of these guys when they've gotten an opportunity to roll, Cam Akers, Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, um, DeAndre Swift, um, to, you know, just to, to, to name a few, Gibson as well, uh, James Robinson because of injuries to the rest of the backfield. You know, these young guys, they get a chance to get in there and do something and uh, – and they, they they were they were absolutely terrific. And a lot of times, the only thing that holds these running backs um, back at the start is terrible coaching decisions. And you've seen that time and time again. One that stood out to me was when the Browns, with that horrible management, drafted Nick Chubb, and then the coach was was running Carl's Hyde eighteen times a game, and Nick Chubb too. Just it's like they had a you know sometimes you got to look at the coach and really have an understanding of the ability of the running back. And uh, last year the same exact thing happened with Detroit. They brought in you know they had a defensive coach and then they brought in Adrian Peterson and then it was just ugly. And then DeAndre Swift had a chance to really show what he could do and he was terrific. So I think like you said. A lot of things come into play when you think about the running back situation as far as fantasy football. Yeah, and, and guys guys stepped up. And, you know, look at Mike Davis. I mean, granted, you know, Christian McCaffrey, when he did play, was, was an elite fantasy talent, but he played so few games last year. But Mike Davis in those games, he injected himself. He played really well. And I think you specifically mentioned those rookie running backs where, where for certain they were, not, they were underutilized. But in addition, last year, we saw, we saw this happen in 2019, especially in PPR leagues. We uh, James White was a big part uh, of that offense in 2019. I think last year when we look at guys like Naheem Hines and and, uh, J.D. McKissick, and their roles were very, very defined early on. Not that they were touching the ball so much, uh, but when they did, they were catching it so frequently. I don't think that changes at all, and I think it's important, uh, specifically if you are playing in a PPR league, not to undervalue those type of players. And 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 McKissick, I think both McKissick and, and Naheem Hines in a PPR league, I I want to say both of them ranked in the top twenty, and certainly <laughs> were either not drafted or cost next to nothing uh, at a, at a draft in terms of where you were picking them, whether it be a snake draft or or in an auction draft. So it's a lot to think about. Um, you know, I think I am going to be super aggressive in a few of these leagues where I literally don't make an attempt to get anybody in the top twenty and kind of pick and choose between some of the other players that I like who I think will have some opportunity, and we're going to add some running backs in the draft this year. Um, I, I do agree. I, you know, I just want to make sure people understand when I look at the opportunities that some of these second-year running backs are going to have. I think one of the more interesting second-year running backs, you know, a guy we haven't mentioned, was the guy, which oddly enough, was highlighted by so many people. I got duped in one league, taking him in the first round. But how are you thinking about a Clyde Edwards-Alaire compared to the rest of these guys? You know, I, I agree with you. That, you know, when we look at Dobbins, Swift, uh, Jonathan Taylor, 
uh, acres. It looked very different, but but Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I think that's a more complicated one. The player had so much publicity coming in. He was basically a top 10 pick, top 12 pick in most snake drafts. And you come into this year and you wonder, and again, some of it is due to the way they used a player, but I'm going to be thinking that he's going to fall. He's when he when it comes to this coming season, he will be falling behind all of those players that we just mentioned. Yeah, I think. Well, well you know, the, the stars, you know, were so aligned right for Clyde Edwards-Alaire that he was just getting way, way overvalued. You know, it's like what I talked about with Lamar Jackson two years ago before the draft way undervalued and then the people that had him as the number one fantasy quarterback coming into last season way overvalued so yeah on paper it looked a can't miss right you have a, a, a player with tremendous elusiveness he can run he can catch the ball he's going to a an offense that is unstoppable Damian Williams opted out for the season I mean it looked like it just looked like a, a can't miss but now, you know, I think, to your point, I think you get to the point where Damian Williams is going to play next season. People are kind of, you know, a little disgusted if they took him like you did uh, and, and a million other people took him with such an early pick. Now he may get to the point where he's undervalued. And I think, you know, like I mentioned, all, all with all these second-year running backs, the game slows down for them. The game gets a little bit easier for them. So I think while he was overvalued before this past season, he may be undervalued going into next season. So let me ask you a question. Was you know, When we think about this, this recent season, uh, we came into the year and there was very high expectations. Now, granted – the way things played out in Philadelphia, you, you couldn't predict how decimated the offensive line w- would have gotten hit. But, you, you know, when it came to Miles Sanders and Josh Jacobs, and this is kind of just pointing towards some of these second-year running backs, there was there were high expectations for both these players. Now, in my opinion, John, uh, Josh Jacobs is one of the most misused players I- I- in the league. I don't know what he's going to be dealing with when it comes to legal sh- uh, legal stuff because he got pulled over for a DUI at the end of the season. Um but I, I do recall coming into this year, you know, those two players were kind of high and they were high on my list, you know, as, as being kind of breakout guys. And, you know, for different reasons, it didn't it didn't quite shake out that way. Um, amongst these group of second year guys, you know, is, is there a danger? Again, you can't predict injury, but is there a danger that maybe we're we're putting too many, a few of these guys on too high of a pedestal? Just using the example of kind of the way I don't think that the, that Jacobs and and Sanders kind of lived up to that billing this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I think I think you make a good point, and I think that that could happen. You know, Jacobs in snake dress was going somewhere between probably fifth and tenth, taken in almost every single snake draft that was his probably his range and uh yeah i mean there was a lot of talk that he was going to you know be used a lot more in the passing game he was going to be a three down back 
but it, it just it didn't it didn't work like that. And uh, and as far as Miles Sanders is you know is concerned, is you know that offense and the offensive line just never was you know looked good. And these are things that we talk about all the time. I mean, it's not just a player; it's the offensive line. Will the team be in the red zone a lot? Will the coaching staff use the player in the right way? So there's a lot of things going on, but. To your, you know, to your question is it could be, but man, do I like these second round, these second year running backs? They, they just look terrific to me. You know, just down the line, like ten of them, twelve of them, they just, uh, yeah. I mean, will some of them not be as uh, productive as we, we think? Yeah, but I mean, I'm pretty sure that uh, five. Seven, these guys will 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 end up in the top fifteen to twenty in running back this year. So, uh, two names I want to throw at you that that kind of fall into this second year running back, but uh, you know, kind of have different situations that we're kind of going to be dealing with, and it really depends on how things shake out in the NFL draft and and, and as well in free agency. So, so one player is Miles Gaskins, who when he was on the field, uh, he he was extremely impressive to me. Um, I know he's a little bit slighter than, than some of the guys that we're kind of talking about, uh, but I was very impressed to see what he did in, in his action. And then the, the other one is a team where all season long could not figure out their running running game. There was a lot of uh, adulatory comments going towards Devin Singletary and kind of taking the next step forward, especially can, kind of how he finished last year. But Zach Moss, who, again, a rookie, got hurt uh, late in the year, never really got on track, but... You know, do we look at a player like that as maybe being someone that's got a little bit of an underdog in, in, in this kind of second year group? I'm, I'm curious on those two players uh, specifically. Yeah, I mean, when, when, when you look at the Buffalo running back situation, um, there's a reason they took Zach Moss is because they, you know, they weren't in love with Devin Singletary. Now, Devin Singletary... Uh, has great instincts as a running back, but he's pretty slow. Um, he doesn't, you know, have uh, tremendous quickness, but he 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 understands the game. He reads defense as well. So there there are things to like about him. Zach Moss is a different type of guy, and it, it's tricky when you have a guy like Zach Moss. Um, I just think you need to have him carry the ball a lot because that's when he's going to be at his best. And if you just sprinkle him in here and play him every third series, I just think the way they utilized it, they were not getting the best out of either of those guys. Uh, and that's what really hurt them. And uh, that's why, you know, I, I've seen some projections where, you know, the bills are going to take a running back again in this draft. And uh, yeah, I think if that's the case, uh, then you have to start second guessing your drafting abilities because you keep taking running backs every year. Um, you know you're not you're, you're you're not you know you're just not drafting right. So I know you like Zach Moss and you think he should be the real workhorse guy there, and I don't disagree with that. I, I think I think as far as gas can go, I think the Dolphins are going to look to upgrade that. I think he's a, he's an okay player, um, but I watched a lot of Dolphin games this year and. I don't know what his um, success rate was, but he had a ton of carries inside the five-yard line. He had difficulty getting in there. I think 
the Dolphins are going to make a big run and are going to sign Aaron Jones in the offseason. So I think they're going to look to sign Aaron Jones, and then they're going to draft with their third pick a receiver to um, to really bolster that offense to go along with Parker, but we'll get into the draft. But as far as gassing goes, I'm higher uh, between the two players you talked about. I think Zach Moss can be a workhorse guy. I think Gaskin is going to be like a kind of – Rob into somebody's Batman, to be honest with you. That's how I, that's how I see him, uh, you know, how, how I see that situation playing out with Miami. All right, I, I want to talk about one specific team here, and I, I want to bring up the San Francisco 49ers. And granted, the Niners lost their offensive coordinator, but but Kyle Shanahan is, is, is definitely the offensive mind behind this team. He's got a great history of what he does at the running back position. We saw that in Atlanta with Devonta Freeman and, and Tevin Coleman. Uh, more than likely, Tevin Coleman will move on from the San Francisco 49ers. So so it brings me to the two guys that are kind of sitting and, and, and waiting in, in San Francisco. And it seemed like last year, every time either one of these players touched the ball, they were, they were ripping off solid runs. And, and when I looked closely at it, actually both players basically averaged five yards of carry you know Raheem Mostert has had this issue where you know he's a journeyman yes but whenever he has been on the field at least for the San Francisco 49ers he looks like he's ready to rip off a run every single time now this team has great blocking all the way around they have a great blocking tight end in in, in a guy like Kittle uh, they have a superb fullback in Kyle Juszczyk um, I, I look at this running game and and Jeff Wilson specifically run won me a a fantasy title this year and uh, picking him up late in the season and employing him especially after most it went down but I'm very very intrigued on on what could happen here because the running game is such a key ingredient and they, they run their receivers as well they have very capable uh, offensive line. Uh, and I'm just curious, the running back, whoever gets the upper hand in San Francisco, I, first of all, they're probably most likely to be drafted in, in behind like the top 15 running backs. But I think a position, if one of these guys were able to wrest control of that job, and I don't trust, Mostert's not been able to stay on the field, but Jeff Wilson looks very, very imposing. He's a bigger guy. He runs with authority. He can catch the football. I'm curious what you think about the San Francisco 49ers situation. Yeah, I mean, what's not to like about both of those players? I mean, they run hard. Uh, Raheem Mostert, I mean, is an electric player. I mean, he had a, a couple of, I think, 70 or 75-yard touchdown runs and another one that was called back on a penalty. Um, it looks like he could take it the distance on every single run. Nobody in the NFL runs harder than Jeff Wilson. He, he runs hard. So I think the biggest thing is, you know, are they going to cancel each other out? Are you going to be able to figure out when it's going to be Raheem Mostert day, when they're going to go to Jeff Wilson? It just seemed like it was confusing, uh, and and that's what took place last year, and uh, they kind of cancel each other out. Now, if one guy was to go down with an injury, or if one guy was to be, you know, out of the equation, I think either guy would be a top 15 running back, certainly. But as it stands now, the biggest um, the, the the biggest thing that stands in the way of either player is each other. But they're, to your point, they're both uh, terrific players. I had a lot of equity in Raheem Mostert this past season. I, I love the player. I was able to get Jeff Wilson in a couple of leagues. I had Mostert as a backup. 
But um, yeah, I mean, it's starting to get to the point where most of where you're really concerned. And the thing is, if you you know try and get equity in Mostert, you're going to have to pay a fair amount. It's not like just a handcuffed guy. You get the guy for minimum in an auction draft and a very, very late pick in a, uh, in a, in a, in a snake draft. If you're looking to, you know, go after the 49er running back situation, uh, you're going to have to, you know, pay up a little bit because both guys are good. All right. So I want to talk about two, two guys who are coming into their third year in the NFL, uh, definitely different types of players, but, uh, Two guys that definitely have caught my interest coming into this year, depending on how things shake out. One guy we've spoken about a lot, and that's Tony Pollard. And, and you know, we've spoken a lot about what we think about Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, we, we definitely think that there's a different element that, that Pollard adds to this offense. So, you know, I want to kind of talk a little bit more about him. Is there a chance even that, that the, the Dallas Cowboys actually do something drastic when it comes to Elliott? So I, I, we, and we haven't talked about this specifically, so I'm just curious what your view is there because Pollard was extremely impressive even in games where he was playing alongside of Ezekiel Elliott. I think he's just a different kind of player and, 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 and frankly a more, a more explosive type of player. The, the other guy played on, on probably one of the worst offenses in the NFL this year, uh, the Cam Newton-led. New England Patriot offense, and it looks like James White's going to walk. Uh, I know we didn't catch a lot of footballs last year, but one thing that did catch my eye is, is that Damian Harris on a team that wasn't particularly good um, looked to be the best running back on this team by far. I know they sprinkled in the Burkheads and the, and the Sony Michels, but over five yards of carry for Damian Harris this year. I, I know you saw a lot of him in Alabama. Uh, I, I like the way he ran. Um, they didn't really use him in the passing game at all. Uh, I'd be curious to, to know what you think, if that can actually be elevated. But to me, Damian Harris looks like a very, very, very sleeper pick. Um, coming into this year, because let's face it, New England's offense is going to look different. There's going to be a different quarterback. There, it's a decent offensive line. Their defense will be better because uh, those guys will be coming back that sat out for COVID. So you know, again, a player we haven't talked about a lot, but but I, I you know I I think he could be one of the big sleepers out there coming into this season. Yeah, I don't I, I don't hate that idea. Um, I, I don't. I really don't. Um, I, I think. Um, I, you know, I, I just worry about, again, it, you know, we talk about different factors in the team, right? And you just never, you're never sure of the usage of a player when it comes to New England, but he was running downhill and he meant business when he was running the ball. Um, there was no messing around with him. He was going north and south in a hurry. If he could stay on the field, Sony Michelle has difficulty staying on the field and, um, there's a real chance that, you know, Harris could take that job and run with it. And uh, if that's the case, like you said, he should be opening up a lot of eyes uh, in the fantasy community because, uh, you know, he he's the type of guy that could gain a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns with a team that looks that they really want to run the ball. Uh, so, yeah, there's, there, there's, there's, a, there's a lot to like about uh, – there's a lot to like about Damian Harris uh, – coming to the season. Um, so, yeah, and, and to your point, you know, James White was just always one of these guys where if it was third down, you know, James White was going to be on the field. If the Patriots were, were, were trailing in games, you know, James White was going to be on the field. So, yeah, I think uh, I think that for certain um, 
adds to the to, to the excitement if you're if you're a Damian Harris fan certainly. Uh, and, and and Pollard, can it can, can it be a situation where these guys are actually spl- splitting a little bit more time? What's kind of your take there? Because he definitely looked like the better player last year. I've been saying this for so many years. Who ever talked football with me can verify this. I've never understood why coaches who have two terrific running backs and they're clearly two of your top offensive players, I don't understand why one of them needs to be standing next to the coach on every single play where you have to have a running back in the game and the other one has to be on the bench. I never quite understood that. They have got to figure out a way to get Pollard more involved than kick returns and when Ezekiel Elliott packs the top of his head to come out of the game. He needs to be in there more I don't know what they what you know how it's going to evolve eventually with Elliot, but I do know that Pollard has gotten to the point to me where he's more than Elliot's backup. I'm looking at Pollard Elliot kind of like being Kareem Hunt to Nick Chubb. That's how I'm looking at Pollard coming into this year. Yeah, and that's a that's a, that's a very strong statement. So so you know before we. Finish up here, Wiz. I'll put you on the spot here a little bit. I'm kind of thinking around the league here, thinking about a lot of different players. Is, is there a player that's currently on an NFL roster uh, that showed you uh, something during the season when you when you got in there? He stuck his nose in there. He did some great things and and could pe- potentially evolve into a bigger role. If you, if you had to think about it, you know, again, may, maybe you have something written down, maybe you don't. Um, is there one player that kind of sticks out? Well, it could be a couple of players that, that maybe the average person is not thinking about. Probably a guy that's outside the top 30, maybe even outside the top 40 in terms of coming in on, on a list for the upcoming season. Is there a guy that you're thinking of that, you know what, that guy, if he gets any kind of opportunity, he, he could be a top 15, top 20 running back. Is there any player that kind of fits that mold for you? Yeah, there's one guy, but I'm I'm not sure how he's looked at right now, but he could certainly be inside top 15 and maybe even top 10. I'm looking at A.J. Dillon. Um, I think he brings a different dimension to that Packer offense, uh, a different type of player. You saw a little bit of what he's capable of in that game against the Titans in the snow, and um, – <laughs> If you see Aaron Jones uh, sign elsewhere and maybe Jamal uh, Williams sign elsewhere, look out. I just think he's he's a different kind of running back, and he is just a beast at, at Boston College, a physical guy, and I just think he's waiting to be unleashed. And, um, and if you see those other pack of running backs uh, – go get signed elsewhere. Certainly Aaron Jones, uh, even if Jamal Williams is there, I do believe A.J. Dillon will be the workhorse guy. So I think that's a guy who, I'm not sure where he's perceived that by people now. He's probably an afterthought. People look at his stats for last year. He hardly has any stats. So I'm I'm looking at him. And then I'll play another player who I'm looking at, and I think he's very, very interesting to me, is what do what does Arizona do at running back? Because it looks right now that Chase Edmonds has a chance to be the to the lead 
clear workhorse guy. There's almost no way that Kenny Drake's going to resign with them. So I'm looking to see what Arizona does in this upcoming draft. But uh, Chase Hedman's another guy who's probably ranked outside the top 25 or so. Again, you know, most people consider him to be the backup. Very, very interesting player who brings a different dynamic, right? He's not an A.J. Dillon type, but he's the type of guy who gets a who, – who, if he becomes the full-time guy, can catch five, six passes a game as well. Yeah, I was going to say, if he's in a full-time role as the starter, I, I, Chase Edmonds, you can sign him up for 85 catches right now. You could just sign him up for that. He caught 50-something balls last year, uh, and they were mixing both of those players in there. Yeah, especially – yeah, right, especially in that offense and what Arizona likes to do and – and uh, they run so many plays, so so certainly. But uh, yeah, that's that. You know, that that's how I, that's how I see it. And uh, you know, this is why the free agency, what's about to take place here, is so important because not so much. You know, it's two parts, right? One part is, you know, okay, how does that player now who gets signed to a free agent contract, how is he going to fit with that team? What does that do to his fantasy value? But equally as important is. Now the guys who are left on that team, you know, which who's going to step up and how does that affect their fantasy value? So there's two things going on, and uh, those are two players to look at based on what the lead guys are going to be doing in free agency this upcoming season. Uh, and those are two great ones. I'm gonna name I'm gonna name three guys that I'm kind of watching uh, that when they got the opportunity uh, in the past. Uh, they sh- they've shown me something, um, and I'm very surprised in the case of one player. But, but these are the three, and, and like you said, it's going to be predicated upon what transpires in both free agency and then post-draft. Um, but three guys that I have my eyes on, and, and, and one is in a very crowded situation, but you know things could change, injuries happen. But I thought every time he was able to get on the football field, he was able to produce at, at a at a very very high level where you know when he touched the ball he basically averaged seven yards a touch between catches and rushing that's that's Justin Jackson um, on on the Los Angeles Chargers uh, the other guy that impressed the heck out of me uh, in, in limited opportunity was Ty Johnson on the Jets I just thought he when he, he caught the ball, he was he was a little stronger and more explosive than I thought he was as a player. So I was very impressed with what he did in that lousy jet offense. And then the last guy is a guy that, you know, look, this was a first-round draft pick a few years ago. Uh, Wiz has mentioned that it's very likely that uh, Chris Carson is moving on. But Rashad Penny has my attention at the moment. Uh, when he was able to get in there and, and do some things in 2019, he looked very impressive. So those are three guys that I kind of have that are, are definitely outside, uh, from the outside looking in of the top 30, that I think could potentially have uh, something to say in this fantasy football season. Yeah, I mean, so... As far as talent of the players you mentioned, that that running back room um, for the Chargers, I mentioned in the preseason, uh, you know, going back in March and April and May, whoever was listening to the podcast, that that Charger running back room, I thought I had the best young running backs in the National Football League. And uh, nothing's really changed uh, this past year um, to, you know, to, to make me, to make me think uh, differently. And yeah, in Jackson, but you know, I, I don't know. Are you uh, seeing a you know a kind of a spreading? You know, I mean, like, wh- how do you? Wh- what's the? Is it going to take something unfortunate to happen to Austin Eckler for 
Justin Jackson to become fantasy relevant, or do you think there's room for both guys to eat there? So we're going to have a coaching change, right, for the for the Los Angeles Chargers, and we know what Justin Herbert brings to the table. But you know, Anthony Lynn had a philosophy on this offense, and now there's going to be a new coaching regime that comes in. And when we look at the new coaching regime; uh, it's a guy coming in from from the Los Angeles Ram offense, and we we know what kind of happened there. So, I, I what I think what I'm suggesting here is. This is a fresh opportunity and a fresh audition. And you know I love Austin Eckler as a player. Um, I I found it interesting towards the end of last year. Look, Kalen Balazs was getting into this offense and actually making a difference at at times last year, Uh, much much to my shock. So I just just think I'm open-minded by the fact that there's going to be a coaching change. I like the offense. I think their, their offensive line has gotten better. And I don't know, maybe it's a situation where, and I found it very curious towards the end of the season. If you're the Los Angeles Ram, uh, sorry, if you're the Los Angeles Charger football coach, you know, walking in there now, and you're taking a look at game film last year, uh, towards the end of the season last year, after Eckler came back from injury, his usage kind of changed a little bit. And they and they, they were not wanting to put him on the football field all the time. And I think Kelly missed a lot of blocks and kept him off the field as well. I don't want to ignore that player either. That's to your point about that running back room being as talented. But I think this is a new regime, and I think it just kind of opens up some questions in terms of how players will get used going forward. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a terrific it's a terrific running back room. The best young running backs, you know, for any team I think in the NFL is in that Chargers running back room. I think Kelly will be one of those second-year running backs that will improve as well. Uh, he, he showed some good stuff in glimpses, especially the beginning of the year. Even when Austin Echo was playing, he was absolutely terrific. Uh, he had a little bit of a wall, missed some time. They weren't using him. But, you know, and Bellagio looked really good. I know we've made fun of him um, Oh, because of Howie the last couple of years, but but he he's looked good. So that running back room is, is is terrific, and yeah, if that player Justin Jackson got a chance, there's no question he'd be a relevant fantasy player if he had the opportunity. And as far as Seattle goes, wow, I just think that if you start looking at that running back situation for this upcoming year, it's going to be headache city. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, you got Penny, who's so talented, coming off the injury. DJ Dallas is a young guy they like. Carlos Hyde is going to be in the mix, maybe. Travis Homer. And on top of all of that, I can almost assure you that the Seahawks are going to draft a running back, and you're going to see quotes from Pete Carroll how much they love him. So he, <laughs> he gives out so much misinformation. And uh, yeah, he's the biggest he, 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 that he, Seattle he, running back situation. I think is going to be a big, big headache. But yeah, Pete Carroll's a liar, by the way. Pete Carroll is a full blown liar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think anybody who's been around the fantasy football community long enough understands that you take Pete Carroll and the things he says with the slightest, slightest grain of salt that you possibly can take. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I I, I don't. I like the player. I like, you know, I certainly like Rashard Penny. He's got skills and he could do a lot of things and he's shown tremendous glimpses. But yeah, just uh, I think, you know, it's a, it's going to be one of those crowded situations that are going to be very, very interesting. So I think those guys you, you know, mentioned are all, <clears throat> all interesting. And yeah, the Jets, uh, I'm sure are going to look to sign. They're well under the cap, so I'm sure they're going to look to sign somebody. But 
yeah, Ty Johnson looked 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 pretty good when he got in there. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's all I have. Anything that uh, you want to add before we wrap this up? No. I mean, I think you know one other team we didn't um, we didn't touch base on at all <clears throat> with their lead guy going too is going to be the Steelers where James Conner is going to be off the free agency somewhere and then you have the Anthony McFarlane's the Benny Snell's and are they going to draft another guy so there's going to be some real opportunities and interesting situations as we head into the 2021 season for sure all right, fantastic. All right, so that's a wrap here on, uh, on on our running back discussion, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Uh, look forward to keep coming at you in the offseason. It's going to get more interesting, like we said. The free agency stuff is going to pick up. you got combines. Well, not combines. you got the player pro days. So a lot to talk about. Wiz, I wish you a good rest of the weekend, and we will catch up next week. Yep, you do the same.